The Democratic presidential race is down to one after Comrade Bernie bows out. But did Comrade Bernie actually have an impact on today's politics? We're going to take a look at that. Joe Biden may be the Democratic presidential candidate. And I want to emphasize maybe the presidential candidate. candidate. But his gaffes during this whole Wuhan flu uh, are taking a toll from the right. And the left keeps wanting to push him towards Comrade Bernie's agenda. How is that going to work out? This is the first time in a long time we're not going to talk about the Wuhan flu. Here's the good news is there is something else to talk about. The bad news is there is more to talk about with the Wuhan flu. We're getting closer to the end of it and it, things are beginning to roll out. We're going to have to talk about that a little bit later because I don't think we're going to get through the uh, Democrat Democratic primary. This is Gene. And you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Sunny California, my ass. It has been pouring here for the last, let's see, what time is it now? It has been pouring here for the last 18 hours straight. It's, this is, this is going to become like Noah's Ark stuff soon if this doesn't slow down. And it's supposed to keep going all through the night and into tomorrow. So we'll have to see. And I also want to wish everyone a happy Good Friday. Uh, Christ Jesus, if we follow the time, is actually being halfway through his crucifixion. You know, if you think about it for a second, Jesus was supposedly nailed to the cross at about 12 noon. And he hung on that cross Till about 3 p.m. Now that's again we're not going over time zones or anything like that but think about how much that man actually the man son of God but he was a man suffered this entire way. Uh, I actually go through I fast on Good Fridays uh, up until 3 o'clock 3 o'clock I can eat typically when I fast I don't eat but I just really think this weekend is going to be rough for a lot of people because it is Easter weekend and we just got to remember what this is what this whole thing is about so Jesus Christ is going to die and then he's going to descend into hell on a holy Saturday and then he's going to rise from the dead on Easter and as much as I know the secularists want to go out and make this about Easter bunnies and chocolate eggs. It really isn't. It's about Jesus. It's about his resurrection. It's about him saving our souls. And I, especially since my son died, nothing has had more of an impact on me than that. So let's just, let's start this podcast off in, in kind of a happy way. Also, so that my Jewish friends and family don't think I forgot. Happy Passover. Passover was on Wednesday. Passover and Easter and Good Friday are basically the same thing. Okay. It is a, for Passover, it was a, it's a celebration of is the, the Israelites being freed from slavery of the Egyptians. Uh, I listened to Ben Shapiro a lot and he actually gave a really good explanation uh, on this on Tuesday. 
and I, I it kind of makes sense. I, I don't completely understand it. I'm not going to claim I do, but Judaism, and don't forget, Christianity is just a sect of Judaism. Judaism, that's why when I hear people say, well, you guys hate Jews. No, Jesus died a Jew. Jesus was a Jew. He never converted to Catholicism or Christianity, which didn't exist uh, before he died. Didn't exist when he died. It existed well after he died. And we should celebrate that. I Every time I, I sit back and I, I, happy Passover, happy Easter. I don't say happy holidays. I say Merry Christmas. I say happy Hanukkah. You happen to be Jewish, I'll say happy Hanukkah. If I didn't know you were Jewish, I said Merry Christmas. I'll say happy Hanukkah. Sorry, wrong religion. But the reality is everything kind of works together. So I hope you guys have a great holiday, and it is a great holiday. And you know what? My week could not have gotten any better because we got to say ciao ciao to comrade Bernie Sanders. He finally yelled no mas and he has suspended his campaign paving the way for Joe Biden to gain the Democratic nomination probably. I, I'm still not convinced that's going to happen. Uh, in a speech earlier this week Bernie said that he could not see a path to victory and that he thought it was better to pull out than continue on. Now, here's the thing. Bernie wanted to lose this. Bernie does not. Bernie wants to be president about as much as I do. He doesn't want to be president. It's way too much work. I mean, this is a guy who didn't have a full-time job until he actually became mayor of some podunk town in Vermont. Okay, so he's been a politician. He has spent 30 years in politics doing absolutely zero so this is not a guy who would have wanted to win. He just wanted to spread his ide his communist ideology. A lot of people say, "Oh, it's a socialist I ideology." It's not. He's a he's a flat out tyrannical communist. Do as I say, do not do as I do. Tyrant. He's a terrible human being. And I'm glad he lost. I'm glad he's out. Yes, Trump uh, we're, I'm getting ahead of myself. So let, let's go. He said basically this week in a speech, uh, he said that even though they lost the election, he lost the election, His he and his followers won the ideological and the generational war. That their ideological fight was just beginning. And because the younger generations are accepting his crap about all the injustice of the country, they will win the war. Now I'm going to get into that. I'm thrilled Bernie's out, especially in this political climate. I was really worried he would get the nomination. And though he, his chances of winning would be, like, minimal. I mean, he, this would have been, probably have been a landslide victory. The reality is, in this political climate, you can't trust uh, the percentages. Trump was a 90 Trump was an underdog something like 90 10 or 85 15 no one thought Trump had a chance in 2016 I definitely do not want to see Bernie Sanders with the risk that he actually might win an election especially in a politically turbulent time socially turbulent time with this virus even though Trump is really handling this virus well I just wouldn't want to see Bernie winning because if Bernie did win, 
Though I don't think Bernie could do a lot of damage as a president, he'd be completely ineffectual. And we'd have nothing but problems with Supreme Courts getting stuck, and uh, it'd just be really ugly. And four years of Bernie Sanders scares the crap out of me when it comes to the Supreme Court. It scares the crap out of me Biden could become president. And Biden does have a shot, though he, his shot is getting worse and worse. And it's getting worse, not only because uh, Biden can't seem to control his mouth, but it's because Trump is actually handling this uh, uh, coronavirus thing pretty well, to the point that we are now seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. But here's the problem. Bernie is right about what he said in his speech. They are winning the ideological war. The, our youth right now has a chip on its shoulder. They like getting things for free. They don't believe in personal responsibility. And they believe our country is a crappy place. They believe that there is nothing but injustice. Because there are billionaires out there. They don't think the billionaires... These guys, these kids, actually think these billionaires sit on their butts, their, their tufts, tuchuses all day doing nothing but counting their money. Which is just an absolutely asinine contention. They don't realize these people actually do work. But they don't think that. They think they should be able to get everything. They should pay their fair share. And of course... No one really knows what that fair share thing actually means. What, what does that mean, fair share? So here, that's one of the problems. He is, they are winning the generational war because the generations, the, um, uh, the millennials and the generation, though the millennials are not that bad, they all believe in free things. They all believe they're taken up upon. And what really trips me out, it's not the gener the uh, generations, part of the generations that are actually living in poverty for the most part. These are college students. And liberals, the moderate, what's worse is the moderate liberals and the conservatives. And by moderate liberals, I'm, I'm talking people like Dave Rubin, who is not a conservative. He's not a Republican. Or... Um, Scott Adams. These are not Republicans. They are actually lean to the right, left, but they are modern liberals. Well, they'll they'll sit back and they'll talk to you. They'll debate you. They'll use reason. And conservatives have society stacked against them. The public schools and colleges do nothing but teach socialism and tell everyone how bad our country is. The mainstream media confirms that the schools teach, uh, confirms what the schools teach. And the entertainment industry spins an emotional outlook on all the socialist ideologies. The last two generations are so undereducated when it comes to reason. They are, but they are pummeled by ideology. And ideology where there is no argument is just propaganda. So if I sit back and believe in climate change... I'm bas basic, but I do not allow for any opposite, for any opposite opinion. I call a someone who says, "Well, I don't think climate change is as bad as you think," or "I don't think we need to do." I believe in climate change. I know the climate is changing; it always changes. But I don't think we need to blow out, uh, blow out, uh, capitalism because of it. 
That's reason. You need to reason with me. But people will call me a science denier, which, no, my I don't deny science. As a matter of fact, I can prove I know it's happening. My reason says it's happening. My reason says man has something to do with it. But that doesn't mean let's blow out capitalism. I, I don't believe in that. So reason is gone. I had to read in high school, I had to read books like 1984, Animal Farm, Fahrenheit 451, Atlas Shrugs. I had to read the Constitution. I had to read the Bible. Those books pushed me to read more complex books like the Gulag Archipelago and the uh, Federalist Papers. Controversial writers like Twain, Locke, Jefferson, Franklin, Sartre, Nietzsche, and Camus, just to name a few, are not even in high school curriculum anymore where they were when I was in school. I didn't believe in, in Nietzsche, Sartre, or Camus, but you still had to read them in high school. And you had to be able to debate them. And I went to a Catholic high school. You cannot get any more secular than Sartre, Nietzsche, and Camus. Yet we still had to know those writers, and we still were able to debate those writers. We didn't agree, but we used reason to, to argue with some of that. And that's where Bernie has won with the help of the education system, the mainstream media, and the entertainment industry. And this is what's scary. Bernie is correct. He did win in a lot of ways. What is going to be interesting in the upcoming uh, election is going to be how much of an influence Bernie is actually going to have. Now, I think Bernie is kind of a wuss. He won't sit there and attack anyone, and he won't defend himself if he's attacked. Remember that time when Elizabeth Warren asked Bernie, did you just call me a cheater on national tele or a liar on national television? And Bernie just kind of waved her off. That's Bernie. The Demo He is a good puppy when it comes to the Democratic Party, and he's going to do what the Democratic Party asks, no matter how tough he is. But that is going to be a problem for Biden, because even though Bernie is kind of a puss when it comes to, to standing up for himself, his followers will follow him to the grave. And then now we need to get into the presumptive Democratic candidate and again, put italics on presumptive, sleepy, creepy Joe Biden. So, like I was saying, sleepy, creepy Joe has some real issues here. Uh, Oops, sorry. Uh, the guy is going to have to juggle to get all the Democratic votes, especially from the left. And the problem he's also having is he is really turning off people, moderate Democrats and liberals, and complete moderates, independents. He's just, he's turning off a lot of, he's turning off a lot of people, especially the left. The left is going to, the left, which is Bernie's group, is going to demand a lot from Biden. And he's going to have some real problems because the left is like a woman scorned. Nothing gets vengeance like the left. So the Washington's uh, free beacons, Brett Scher, uh, reported Thursday that groups calling themselves the leaders from a diverse array of organizations Building political power for young people. You can already tell. Oh, my God. It, it sounds like a 
communist deal, sent a letter to Biden just hours after Sanders announced that he was dropping out of the race. Now, the following was read from the Daily Wire, courtesy of the Washington Free Beacon's Brent Scher. And I'm going to be really doing something that I've never really done before. I'm going to actually read someone else's article and then discuss it from there. And then, but this stuff, and it's going to be twice on Biden. Both the next two articles are from the Daily Wire. So here's what here's what uh, Washington Free Beacon's share says that the letter actually said. Quote, the letter demanding Biden embrace far left policies such as the Green New Deal, Medicare for all and a wealth tax comes from eight groups of diverging policy focuses from client climate change groups such as Next Gen America to the anti-Israel, if not now, movement. The groups write in a letter to Biden that if their demands are met, they will spend $100 million targeting youth voters and work tirelessly to help defeat President Trump in November. So right off the bat, Biden is a mod- is trying to frame himself as a moderate. And Biden's no moderate. Okay, let's call it. He's, he was Barack Obama's vice president. He's no moderate. So suddenly, he's trying to make himself moderate so he can attract... I mean, they're actually going against him winning the election. He's trying to attract independents and moderates in the Democratic Party and maybe the Conservative Party. Because a lot of... Don't forget, a lot of uh, Republicans are not fans of Trump. But if they go into... Uh, wealth tax, which, by the way, is probably not in un, not constitutional because it demands that an individual who makes a certain amount of money is not taxed once, but taxed twice and possibly three times. And the Green New Deal is insane. And medical care for all will cost $60 trillion over 10 years. It, this is not going to work, especially when we're in the middle of the coronavirus we're going to spend probably 6 to 8 trillion dollars in the next couple of months. We're just not going to have the kind of money to go into luxuries like this. So, okay. So let's get to the next paragraph. Quote: While you are now the presumptive democratic nominee, it is clear that you were uh, you were unable to win the votes of the vast majority of voters under 45 years old during the primary. That's true. With young people poised to play a critical role deciding the next president... Okay, stop the quote there. Let's be careful here. Young people typically don't vote. That I'm sorry, that is why Trump won. Young people just don't vote that much. Especially... The millennials are might show up to the polls more often now, but millennials millennials are not necessarily liberal anymore. Not necessarily left wing anymore. It's now the um, it's now the internet generation that is liberal, the cell phone generation. I can't I, I can't remember what they're called, but you need to be careful there. And Biden should not take the trap. He already has, by the way, taken the bait. He's already conjoling to the Bernie Sanders crowd, which is great. Go ahead, do it. You're just going to, he's just, he's caught between, a. I feel, almost feel sorry for the guy. He's caught between a rock and a hard place. Okay, let me finish here. You need to have 
more young people enthusiastically supporting and campaigning with you to defeat Trump. The division must be reconciled so we can unite the party to defeat Trump. Now, there's a couple problems here. One, Biden is an old white guy. This is, and he's been in politics for 40 years, 50 years, I don't know, 70s, whatever that is, 50 years. Biden is not an outsider break trying to break in. Biden is an insider. He's always been an insider. And he's an old, white, heterosexual guy with really bad hair pugs and dentures. This is going to be, even if what they're saying is correct, the left's base are probably still not going to vote for him. So Trump, or uh, Trump, so Biden is best just not even to acknowledge this. But one of the things they need to do is come up with something better than defeating Trump. Because it seems like their goal is to defeat Trump. It's not even the Green New Deal or weird stuff that they already know they're not going to get. It's just, let's go out and beat Trump. They're not going to beat Trump this way. Okay, quote, messaging around to, uh, quote, return to normalcy, end quote, does not and has not earned the support and trust of voters from our generation. For so many young people, going back to the way things were before Trump, quote, before Trump, end quote, isn't a motivating enough reason to cast a ballot uh, in November. And I got news for you. This is where it, they're absolutely correct. And this is why I keep saying young people are not going to vote. If they don't like either candidate, they're just going to stay home. So all the talk about this being the most important election, and by the way, Every freaking election is the most important election. The world will end if the wrong president is elected. We said that in 2000 when Bush was elected. We said it in 2004 when Bush was elected. We said it in 2008 when freaking Obama was elected. We said it in 2012 when Obama was elected again. We said it in 2016 when Trump was elected. 2020 is no different. Here's a, I'm, I'm going to give you a little secret. It's not going to be the worst election that could ever happen. If Bernie Sanders had won this election in 2020, it would have been bad. It would not have been the worst because Bernie would have been irrelevant. And he probably would have lost just like just like Carter. He probably would have lost in 2024. So let's not get crazy here. Let's continue. Quote, if I'm the nominee, I can tell you one thing. I would very much want Bernie to be part... Okay, this was this was Biden. So Biden actually uh, released a quote. If I'm the nominee, I can tell you one thing. I would very much want Bernie to be part of the journey. Not as a vice presidential nominee, just as in just engaging in all things that he's worked so hard to do, many of which I agreed with. That's, yeah. And see, that's the whole thing. Biden is not a moderate. He's not. He's when they decide to have a, uh, a. I don't know how they're going to do a debate. Now, I personally think this COVID thing is going to be over by mid-May, probably end of April. And they're they are going to be able to debate. It probably will be a virtual debate, something like what um, Bernie and Biden did in the last debate. I can't wait for him to respond because you know Trump's going to beat him on that. 
I can't wait to see what he says. But all this comes to one thing. Biden is in trouble. He's going to lose the far left if he doesn't get crazy. But independents and moderates, if he does take the crazy policies, it's going to be very hard to vote for this guy. And they just released the, uh, I believe it was Arizona or Nevada, the Republican pack of Nevada. They just released another uh, ad that makes Biden look corrupt with China. And they weren't using sound bites from six years ago. They were using sound bites for like last month. So Biden's in big trouble. And this is one of the things we need to say he's the presumptive candidate for the Democratic uh, nomination. We just don't know yet. But here's what's worse. Coronavirus or Wuhan flu, I've been calling it, I've been calling it Wuhan flu is also going to be a real problem for Biden because the guy just can't shut his mouth. He can't. And he keeps getting the whole thing wrong. He keeps saying, this is, here. here's the thing. I His foot is, oh. everything that he suggested that Trump should do, Trump did before he opened his mouth. The Daily Wire had a list of seven things that Biden suggested Trump do during this pandemic. Unfortunately, Sleepy Creepy Joe must have been too busy sniffing the hair of little girls to pay attention to the news to know what Trump has actually been doing. And every day for an hour and a half to two hours, been telling the press what he's doing. So let's go over the Daily Wire's list. I can't remember who actually did this, but it's on the Daily Wire. If you don't subscribe, you should. So I'm giving them a call. Uh, Biden called for coronavirus tests to be free. Nine days before Trump signed the Family's First Coronavirus Response Act. Here's, here's something really bizarre about this whole thing, and I remember this. Biden was talking, and Trump was saying well before Biden had gotten out of his bunker because he's afraid of dying. Because let's face it, Biden's 300 years old. Trump had said, it's going to be free. The testing is going to be free. Not because of the expense or anything like that, because we all need to be tested. And we're all going to be tested for this thing. I'm, I guarantee you, I'm not going to be able to go to work until I get a serum blood test to make sure I've had this thing or haven't had this thing or whatever it is. So Trump already did that. The second thing, Biden calls for coronavirus testing to be available nationwide. Wide. 12 days after Trump had made testing available in all 50 states. Now, this is something Trump is still getting crap for, and I think it's, it's really worthless. Nobody had great testing for the coronavirus. China did not... They were saying that China had literally like an 80% false positive rate and uh, false negative rate for the coronavirus. Their tests in Italy were failing. Nobody, and I'm not going to fault China, even though they're a crappy country. Yeah, I'm going to fault China. But the reality is there was never a great test. They finally found a decent test in the United States, and Trump made sure 
that 50 states had it. And freaking Biden, 12 days later, decides to say, oh, we need testing for, for we need testing in every state. Oh, okay. Wow. Don't think any of that's not going to come out. Biden calls for cooperation between federal and states after numerous Democrats after numerous Democratic governors praised Trump for his work with him. And not only did Democratic governors praise work with Trump, Trump was praising their work. Let's take a look at the list, because there's a heck of a list here. Yeah, the Dave rule is going over. Get over it. March 27th, um, Biden says we need cooperation. Okay, great. March 15th, Andrew Cuomo of New York praised Trump. I often tell you when I'm unhappy with federal response to the state, the fairness dictates the kudos where kudos are due. And here the president and the vice president responded very quickly. So I want to thank him for that. Democratic Socialist Governor Andrew Cuomo from New York. March 19th, California Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom praised Trump. We need more swabs. The president assured me, not only assured me, he was aware of where those swabs are being procured before I even offered my own insight. Not only is he on top of it, but they're securing the beginning process of distributing the swabs. Gavin Newsom hates Trump, another socialist. As a, and by the way, Cuomo and Newsom, Trump during his press conferences, has complimented the two. Complimented everybody here. Later that same day, Newsom said, quote, let me conclude by just making a few points to fill in that. We had today a very important conversation as punctuated earlier today by the president and, the, and his press conference with the CEO of Gil, Gilead. It's a California-based company around treatments. I want to compliment the president in his focus on treatments. It is a focus of positivity, which isn't a word, but that's okay. As we work to bridge towards a vaccine, I was very it was a very encouraging conversation. Here's the good news in the state of California. I was talking to, vi to the vice president and the president today, thanking them for their first national stockpile transfer of assets that we just received where we received quite literally hundreds of thousands of gloves and face masks, not just N95, but also surgical masks. You know, and here's something else that, that to, to give Gavin Newsom, I hate uh, California Ken doll, Gavin Newsom, but when the rest, the ventilators that the government promised arrived in California, the ventilators had some problems, and they were minor problems. Uh, the tubes didn't fit correctly, and one of the problems is the batteries were not charged. Gavin Newsom did not go onto the stage and start bitching about the federal government sending him crap ventilators. <coughs> that's, that's not COVID. Uh, that's not coronavirus. He didn't do that. What he did was is... He found out, okay, what's wrong with them? Okay, charge the batteries. He fixed them. This is Gavin Newsom, a guy who I thought had the had the mental capacity of my remote control over here in front of my TV. And he didn't. The guy actually did the job of a governor. 
And this is why President Trump trusts the governors. This is why he's not becoming a tyrant that everyone accuses him of being. It's awesome. And by the way, I'm not yelling because I'm angry. I'm, I'm saying this is awesome stuff. The governors are working with the president. And it doesn't matter if you're a Republican, a Democrat, left or right. They're working. President Trump is finally showing some real leadership. And it's awesome. Okay, so uh, let's go to the next example on March 24th. New Jersey Democrat Governor Phil Murphy praised Trump. I want to thank the president and his administration. We need hospital beds. So we've got four field hospitals getting erected by the by FEMA and the Army Corps will that will allow us to displace currently cared for individuals non-COVID into those hospitals to free up critical care beds. Now, by the way, what I read was I didn't misread. That's exactly what he said. This is an exact quote. So when you hear me say, uh, when you hear, so we've got four field hospitals getting erected by the, by FEMA. Yeah, no, that's him saying that. But here's the whole thing. And I think this is great. It's not a compliment on Trump. It's, it is kind of a compliment on Trump because there's no hard feelings about anything. He's worried about the country. It's a compliment on the governors because it's no hard feelings against Trump with the governors. It's we're working together. Biden was calling freaking Trump a xenophobe when he closed China off, which turned out to be one of the best ideas. It's absolutely awesome. And instead of getting compl complimented because Trump and the governors do not politi uh, politicize this stuff, Trump, Andrew Cuomo and Gavin Newsom, for Christ's sake, Actually, it was um, it was uh, the governor in Florida who was fighting with Trump, and he's a Republican more than Gavin Newsom and Andrew Cuomo. I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome. Now, I think Andrew Cuomo is a little bit negative, but I don't think he's negative on Trump. I think he's looking at the worst part of this virus. That's it. I don't think he's ripping Trump because of this virus. I think he's ripping the virus and he's scared about what's going to end up happening. He's not panicking by any stretch of the imagination. Okay, so obviously um, Biden is missing the boat on that one. Another, Biden announced support for barring entry into the U.S. for individuals who had been in China for two months after Trump announced the travel ban on China. This is the one that really ticks me off because yeah, I don't have the dates in front of me, but I believe Biden made that announcement at the end of February, beginning of March. Maybe so late is mid-March. And Trump banned Chinese from coming to the United States, I believe it was January 28th. And he was talking about it in early January. And when he did it, he was called a xenophobe by Bernie Sanders, by Elizabeth Warren, by Joe Biden. And then suddenly, Joe Biden says, well, he should have done this earlier. Even though Joe Biden was calling him a xenophobe. This is just idiocy. And this is why I'm glad we live in the digital age. Because if we did not live in the digital age, this would not have been recorded Biden was recording, ca recorded calling Trump a xenophobe because he prevented Chinese from, come, from traveling to this country. 
Biden called for the CDC to go into China 50 days after Trump administration took action. Yes, 50 days. That's almost two months. And here's the kicker. The CDC wasn't allowed to go into China. It wasn't that Trump didn't say go to China. The CDC wanted to go to China. They couldn't go to China until it became imperative. So there's a real screwed up. And finally, Biden claimed that he called the Defense Protection Act to be used before anyone, which came shortly after Trump announced plans to use it. Now, I, I'm mixed on, on the Defense Protection Act. And the reason I'm mixed on Defense Protection Act, and I think Trump has handled it perfectly, is because the Defense Production Act basically says the U.S. government will tell private business, this is what you need to produce. So he enabled the Defense Production Act on March 18th. And he did not go out and start demanding businesses do this. And since March 18th, he's only, in that, he's only invoked the Defense Production Act twice. He did it with GM because GM... Uh, G now, mind you, Ford and uh, Tesla had already decided we're going to create ventilators. We're going to change our production lines. And by the way, these companies get paid. It's not like they're not... They get paid all their expenses. Everything gets paid up by the federal government. It's just... Trump believes that private business is the best for everything and that government sucks. And it does. He's absolutely correct. And he's said so much, not quite in that language. I'm sure he said it in private meetings, but he said he wanted private business to do the right thing. And Tesla, Ford, they went out and did the right thing. GM was really kind of pushing a little bit. They didn't want to change their production lines. And guess what? Trump invoked, he pushed the Defense Production Act. And so GM ended up doing it. It wasn't, it was, there was more of a kind of a pushback, but not really anything big. I mean, Trump was complimenting them. For all we know, he was cussing them out. I, we don't know. Uh, and 3M. 3M who makes those N95 masks was selling the N95 masks to other countries because they could get more money out of it. He ripped 3M. And 3M has always been kind of an iffy company when it comes to this stuff. They are really a profit-based company. They don't care about anyone but 3M. He got them to stop. He forced them to stop selling masks to out of the country. And, uh, they stopped doing it. Those are the only times. But President Trump, and Cuomo has made complaints about this too, is that President Trump should invoke everything. Even even uh, Nancy Pelosi sat back and said, this is the time he needs to be a dictator and invoke the Defense, Protect, uh, Defense Produ Production Act. And Trump won't do it because Trump believes in the Constitution. He said that. He believes in the Constitution he believes in capitalism, and he believes uh, he believes that uh, private business can do things better than the government can, and do things better. And if the rubber hits the road, it's going to be best for these commercial enterprises to do what is best for the country, because 
they can sit there and they can virtue signal later saying this is what we did and people will bite into it and they're absolutely correct. So I, 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 the problem Biden has is Biden said, well, he needs to invoke the, and he did already. So it's just, it's, it was a stupid argument. And finally, finally, the last one that the Daily Wire brings up, and there's more, but this is what the, Biden called for someone to be put in charge of handling of the coronavirus response five weeks after Trump tapped Vice President Mike Pence to lead the White House Coronavirus Task Force. On March 31st, Biden said, Who's in charge? This is not a rocket science. It is, cons- in- it is consequential, incredibly consequential, that there is a certain that there is certain things that can be done now. Should have been done a week ago, three weeks ago, a month ago. The test for me is what is what does he do from this point on, and he has significant responsibility. Put somebody in charge. This is a war. You need to be a general. Put somebody in charge every single day that is accountable. Let people know exactly what is happening. Tell them the truth. They can handle it. Uh, unfortunately, about a month before, Trump announced that he had selected Mike Pence to run the White House Coronavirus Task Force with Fauci and Burke and all those peep doctors in the middle of it. And by the way, how many press conferences a week does Donald Trump have to maintain transparency for the coronavirus? Seven. Seven a week. Donald Trump goes up there, makes his announcement based off the information he gets from the doctors and from Mike Pence. And he doesn't answer any question unless he knows the answer to it. He's got his opinions. He's always going to give his opinions. Whether it's good that he gives his opinions or not are two totally different things. But he does give his opinions. And then, and then he answers questions. Typically, his press conference, just him talking, is between an hour and an hour and a half. And then Mike Pence and the task force go off and they go for an hour. How much transparency does Joe Biden want? And where was he? Turn on a TV. Here's the problem with always watching CNN. They don't even show the press conference. So Biden turns on CNN to hear how bad Trump is and how great he is. And meanwhile, he's not really seeing what's going on in the world. Here's what's here's the thing with um, Biden. I'm not so sure he's going to be the presidential candidate. Uh, it's getting late. It's April. We've got June, I think, is when the Democratic convention comes out, June or July. They want to push that back to August, October. Hell, they want to push back the election, which is not going to happen. And we haven't even talked about mail-in ballots that the Democrats are pushing so much. I wonder why they're pushing that so much. Listen, coronavirus or no coronavirus, I'm going to show up and I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote in person. Not mail-in. It scares me when every Democrat wants something. And every Republican is saying, no, we can't. It's going to be bad. 
So uh, we'll have to see how that's going to go. But I have a feeling someone is going to jump in and become the presidential candidate because Biden is too weak. This is going to be a blowout. I personally think Biden has less of a chance of becoming president than Bernie Sanders would have. And Bernie Sanders had like no chance to become president. I'd say it was probably 65-35 Bernie would become president. I think Biden is going down and down and down. I can't wait to hear that first debate. So, well, anyway, um, let's, let's end this podcast. It's gone over the Dave rule. I still got a lot of work to do with it. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. And if you follow, there's going to be my vlog, Carving in Conversation. It has nothing to do with politics, so you might not be excited. I'm just getting it kicked off. It's on Periscope, so it will show up on... Um, I'm going to actually have an episode tonight. Uh, it will show up on Twitter. I'm, I just figured out how to get my Periscope videos into YouTube, so I'm probably going to upload a couple of them into YouTube tonight. Uh, you can uh, listen or download this podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, and YouTube. And visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. You will actually see the full video of, it's 15 minutes. I didn't even bother cutting it up. I didn't want to. You can see all the videos, all of my references that I used tonight. And we need to honor Bernie Sanders and his last presidential bid. And I can't think of a better way to honor Bernie Sanders than playing the national anthem of the former Soviet Union. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbass and Talk to Politics.